Welcome to the Rated JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. So after having quite a few people reach out, I'm finally going to record a fight podcast. And in this podcast, I've got my friend Caleb here with me. Caleb uh, has a background in Kempo Karate. He's got a few belts under his belt, no pun intended, so he's been doing it for a while. Uh, very well versed in the fight game, so we always talk fights back and forth and figure there's nobody better to have on than him. He actually currently trains at a gym that is ran by Johnny Hendricks, who I'm sure most of you know as the former UFC welterweight champion and a local legend here in Midlothian. So without further ado, Caleb, what's up, dude? Thanks for coming out. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm just uh, glad you invited me out here. Really yeah, appreciate dude. it. About to get into it. So for all of you listening, this is going to be a very nerdy podcast. We're about to get deep into the fight games, and we're going to go over everything from boxing, UFC, Bellator, MMA, etc., etc. But I think after talking to you recently, the best place to start is with boxing because there's been a bunch of shakeups in the world, yes. and nothing more crazy than what happened. I guess was it last weekend? With no, two weeks ago, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. shocked the world and absolutely smoked Anthony Joshua, who was the number one, you know, unanimously renowned as the best heavyweight in the world and he got smoked with his first loss ever from Mr. Andy Ruiz who was basically a nobody before this right so what what are your thoughts on that man because it wasn't like a fluke I mean he literally outclassed him he outboxed him and everything man oh man that was just nuts me and all my friends were watching I expected Anthony to win and just Ruiz coming in with the hands Look, that was just crazy, man. Not expected at all. And it, like I was saying, it's not like Ruiz was just a fluke. Oh, my God, he landed a bomb on him. Man, it was a, a TKO in the seventh round. So it wasn't like – I mean, it was a good fight up until then. I think that Ruiz got knocked down in like the third round. Yes. And then he got right back up. Mm-hmm. Literally same round, turned around and knocked Joshua to the mat, yeah. which is like – well, I think where everybody started saying, holy crap, Whoa. okay, we got ourselves a fight here. This is serious. Yeah, exactly. And um, right after that, um, I think that led to a total of like four knockdowns for Joshua. Maybe the yeah. fourth one was like when they called it. Yes, but, sir. man, that, first off, that was unexpected. And it's the first uh, Mexican heavyweight champion ever. And you know how heavily you know the the country of mexico is into boxing with canelo and all them but like that's nuts i think that's the first heavyweight ever yeah for sure and to dethrone joshua who has been on top of the world undefeated you know freaking was he like 66240 chiseled to the bone and then here comes (laughs) andrew ruiz who's just you know pudgy and snicker bars before the fight yeah exactly and everyone how do you not like that guy he he interviews well. He was talking about like how happy he is for his family and how blessed he was for the opportunity. And such a good guy. Yeah, and um, even Joshua, the way that he handled it, you know, I think everybody expected him to be like, "Oh, dude, I want an immediate rematch." That was a fluke. He was like, I mean, very receptive and understanding. Like, "Hey, man, you're the champ. Thank you." Like, it was a, 
you know, hope to see you in the future. I think they scheduled the rematch. Yeah. And but or enacted the rematch clause or whatever it's called. But man, that was great in my opinion for the sport of boxing because they need it because it's for so long it's been Anthony Joshua versus blank Anthony Joshua versus blank Anthony like and everyone hears the same three names cycling through it's Joshua versus Fury and Joshua versus Wilder Mm -hmm. and to see this person who I mean is is deserving of a title shot you know Ruiz is a beast but like not well known no now things are getting shaken up yeah and now I wonder if boxing is going to have have to pull the UFC card and just let the best person fight. Because, you know, for too long, the boxing world has let the promoters run the game. Yeah, just stack up on all the money. I'm glad that Ruiz won. It's going to completely... It's took the game and it's just like shook up like, hey, this is heavyweight boxing. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Where before it was like Joshua was just going to win. Tyson Fury is just going to win. But now it's like... You don't know what's going to happen, you know? The best guys need to fight the best guys. Yeah, and you always talk about um, uh, Joshua's... I, I'm drawing a blank on his promoter's name. Is that Hearns? Eddie Hearns. Yeah, oh my gosh. The, Eddie Hearns. Yeah. He, Joshua's not afraid of anybody. I think that, that is pretty well known. Everyone's like, oh, you don't want to fight Deontay. Oh, you don't want to fight... It has nothing to do with that. Right. It has because, you know, it has everything to do with the fact that Eddie Hearn's back there moving the chess pieces around trying to get the most money for himself and Joshua. And now look what happened. You know, and it's like we've got three stone cold. Well, I mean, we've got a whole plethora of stone cold killers in the heavyweight division. But like everyone wanted to see the Joshua. I think everyone would have been happy with Joshua versus Fury or Joshua versus Deontay. But like now that almost has an asterisk next to it. Because of this. And speaking of Deontay, did he kill freaking Brazil? What was his name? Uh, Dominic Brazil? That was like a 30-06 going off in the ring. He he one shot just destroyed him in the first round. And I'm like, okay, there's levels to this. Yeah. Deontay is the real mm-hmm. deal, man. And now if that matchup happens, Deontay and Joshua, you're kind of gonna kind of going to be like, Okay, maybe not as exciting as it would have been. Right, and we've already seen the Deontay and Fury thing, Mm -hmm. and you know, on on one hand, you can't be mad at the fighters because they're chasing the money. On the other hand, it's like, great, Tyson Fury's got to fight like in a week or two. I think it's uh, this weekend, actually. I don't even know who's fighting. Oh, I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. You know, but he's going to be counting more money than he can imagine Mm -hmm. just because he's. With ESPN or whatever, I think uh, Deontay's the only one that's uh, self-promoted, right? Right. Yeah. He doesn't have a contract with ESPN or uh, Showbiz, and he's just kind of on his own. Showbiz. Years. Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, yeah, showbiz. <laughs> shout, shout out the movie theater <laughs> and Waxahachie. <laughs> yeah, he's just a freelance. He said he did that so he can fight Tyson or Joshua. He didn't want to sign with the Zone or nothing. He wanted to fight both. And I I believe that because you've. I mean, you and I and anybody that follows like combat sports or boxing more specifically has seen Deontay is a is a good dude. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's in it for the right reasons. You know, yeah. granted, you know, he said that, oh, I can get away with murdering somebody in the ring. That's all for selling tickets. But he brings his daughter to like every practice, every fight. And she's like, what, two or three years old? Right. His wife's always right there with him. He's doing it the right way. He's 
never in trouble, nothing like that. He could have basically been pro in a lot of different things. He's an athlete all around, but he wants to do this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Bring that heavyweight championship back to the U.S. For sure. Because Who's your favorite heavyweight? My favorite? I, I like Deontay. Yeah, me too. I, I really like Tyson Fury's story, for mm-hmm. sure. I think that he's very good on the mic. He has an inspirational story, but I just, man, that that bronze bomber gets me, mm-hmm. man. And he's just so good on the mic. And, like, it. he takes everything that you think of a heavyweight and flips it on its head. He's, like, what, 6'8", like mm-hmm. 215? I mean, he's a twig, man. He looks like a basketball player. Yeah, for sure. And then you see him next to Joshua, who's, like, looks like a bodybuilder. And then on the other end of that, you've got Tyson Fury, who's six foot nine, and he's just kind of flabby. I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's weird. And then Luis Ortiz, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, man, I actually, like, moving out of that heavyweight division, I know you watch a lot of boxing. What are some matchups you'd like to see? There's uh, two guys named Earl Spence Jr. and yeah. Terrence Crawford. Those two guys right now, that's that the wel- is going to be the fight. Cause, I mean, dude, that's the welterweight division. Yes. Like, what is that? In boxing, what is that? Like one, I think it's 154. Or, no. I think they're bigger than that. I think it's like one. Well, maybe you're right. Because well, Terrence Crawford's only five foot eight. Okay. So I think it's only like five foot. He's five foot eight. So I think they fight at lower class, like 146 or 154. Okay, I got you. Well, yeah, I mean, that, those guys are, I mean, they're stacked. That division, you've got Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, um, Pacquiao's in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pacquiao's got a fight too. Danny Garcia's in mm-hmm. that. Like those, that's a that's a good. Yeah. But you're right, man. That'll be great. Who, if you had to pick between those two, who would you pick? I think Terrence Crawford. I think he's fought just the harder guys, and he's just so technically good. But Earl Spence, man, he, I've never seen anyone. He's so good with body shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just awesome to watch him fight. Which one of them fought Amir Khan recently? That was uh, Terrence Crawford. Smoked him, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, yeah. that, that's how you know. Because yeah. I mean, whenever the cream of the crop gets to face each other, especially in boxing, like that's when you really get to see like yeah. people expand and move away from the pack. But yeah, that's I, I'm 100 percent with that. I. I personally like the guys who are more technical, like this. I don't want to say smaller weight classes, but not heavyweight, you know, not the guys that just have like the one punch, knock you into the next zip code. I like the guys who are actually working the body, working the whatever, you know, they have the knock, the knockouts will come here and there, but like, like they have the skill set to do everything for sure. And do they, you like Lomachenko? Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I love Vasily's a mm-hmm. bad man, dude. Yeah. But like, um, cause but his his division is kind of thin, yeah. You know, I mean, because he's he's far and beyond. What is who else is in that? Mikey Garcia, and that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Is he even in that division? Mm, he might be one up. Okay, but like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you think of what is it, lightweight or yeah, he's lightweight. Mm. You think of him, but like the middleweights, you've got a lot of moving parts because boxing really isn't that mainstream anymore. No. There isn't many Floyd Mayweather's or. Oscar De La Hoya's and, you know, freaking uh, Roy Jones Jr., all those yeah. people. But, like, the, the middleweight division, you've got Triple G, Canelo, who's the biggest, arguably the biggest athlete in the world. And then my personal favorite, you, I've talked to you about this guy too, Billy Joe Saunders. I love Billy Joe Saunders, and I think that he doesn't get enough credit. But maybe he will now because he's best friends with Tyson Fury, and he's always yeah. all over his Instagram. But, dude, as a southpaw... That matchup with Canelo would be, man, t- 
take all my money, you know, whatever, DAZN, HBO, whatever it is. Um, Also in that division, you've got both the Charlo brothers. Was it, is it it the Charlo brothers? Yeah. It's it's, a... Jermel and Jamal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One's like significantly better than the other. I don't even know which one it is, but that's an exciting division, man. It is. Because that's roughly like the 5'6 to 5'10, like 170, 165. I'm not sure the exact, you know, between that and UFC. I get my numbers mixed up all the time. But like those guys, they've got the power to knock you out. Mm -hmm. And they've also got that technical speed, stamina. They're just, that's a lot of fun to watch. And there's, that's been arguably the most exciting matchups recently. You know, the yeah. Triple G and Canelo fights were awesome. Everyone watched those fights, you know? Everything in those divisions right now are starting to really heat up because they're starting to fight each other finally. And we're getting yeah. to see who is the best, you know? It's no longer, like you were saying with Eddie Hearn, promoters just racking up all the dough. Yeah. Now we got all the best fighting the best, and I love it, man. Boxing's really starting to heat up. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about. You know, Andy Ruiz, he mm. kind of flipped that division on his head. You know, he's he's thick boy yeah. you know and he doesn't really look like somebody you'd be intimidated by and then he drops the number one heavyweight ranked undif- gave him his first loss ever like anthony josh was no joke dude like so i'm excited for that rematch but yeah like you were saying man boxing has come a long way and it's kind of got some steam behind it for the first time in a long time because other than floyd and manny up until recently who who watches boxing you know, like unless it was Floyd Mayweather fighting, you're not even buying the fight. So, except for us, like I said, we're nerds yeah. and we're watching all the fights. But, anyways, I guess that's about the extent of my boxing knowledge. So, moving on to yeah. da, 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 MMA slash UFC slash anything <coughs> related. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened lately and a lot of fun stuff coming up soon. That's in the near future, next couple of months at least. But, there's also been a lot of bad. So we'll start with that. Man, that broke my heart to see Alexander Gustafson retire uh, after that loss. Yeah, for sure. In Stockholm, you know, where he's from. That was so sad. Anthony Smith is a beast. He's legit. Gotta give him that. Yeah. But I, God, I love Gus, man. I didn't want him to retire like that. Um, do you think that uh, Anthony Smith will get a rematch with John because of this? I doubt it. I doubt right away. I think John's going to take some other fights, but I think Smith will probably fight a few more fights or maybe, I think two more fights and if he gets some good wins, he'll definitely deserve a rematch, but I honestly doubt it. Yeah, and you know, light heavy is kind of thin other than that. I mean, you've got Tiago, who's fighting John, you know, on the August 17th card, I think. Right. Yeah, but I mean, Anthony Smith just didn't put it all out there when he got to fight John. It wasn't a terrible fight, but he just was, like, kind of skittish, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're fighting the best pound-for-pound fighter, arguably, ever. But, man, he just continues to impress me. But I just you hate to see Gus hang it up after something like that, especially on his side of the pond over there. He's still so good, man. I mean, there's so—it's just—I mean, it's a rough sport. Oh, no doubt. But, man, he was so good. You're right, though. It— to see somebody as good as him with the skill set he has, man, it, it it's sad to see him walk away from the sport. It, he's not very old. He's not super old either. Yeah. It, he's still got some years left for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I think that he could take down, you know, 90% of that division. But seeing him, even that, that John fight recently, because say what you want about Mr. Johnny Bones, but that's a bad man. Mm-hmm. That's a real bad man. Yeah. And he, he did. He just made Gus look 
I mean, he just there. There's definitely a separation between those two. So Gus gave him a ride that first round, or I mean that first uh, time around, which was what like twenty. 2013. I don't know. It yeah. was way earlier. 2013. Yeah. Okay. So right around there, and then we're all like, "Oh man, he's gonna take it to him again." And no. even with the layoff and all the picograms and all that, John gave it to him. But anyways, yeah, that's sad. Which, but who knows? He didn't officially do it either. He said he did, but he didn't throw him in like he didn't take his gloves off and throw him in the middle of the ring. Oh, I thought he did. I thought he kind of like just tossed him off to the side, yeah. but. It wasn't like the traditional way to retire. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just more emotions getting to him, but we'll see. So that was sad thing number one. Mm-hmm. Sad thing number two. I know you're not a big like Bellator or like Ryzen guy, but man, King Mo retired too. Yeah, King Mo's been around forever, man. He was with Bellator. I think he even did like the M1, like the Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. He was in that huge heavyweight tournament where um, Ryan Bader smoked everybody, beat Fedor and. Uh, freaking Chill yeah all those people I mean like that that Bellator heavyweight tournament was like King Mo Ryan Bader Matt Mitrione um, Rampage Chael Sonnen everybody yeah. and Bader just smoked everybody became the champ champ and just doesn't he just kind of goes by the wayside and just does his thing but that sucks to see King Mo retire too it's like damn man all these legends just walking out such a short amount of time too yeah and one that I don't know is for sure was Rose Namajunas. I don't know if she didn't say she was going to retire because Jessica and George almost murdered her in the ring, almost snapped her neck. Did you see that? No, Dude. I saw the highlight of it. Yeah, I Whoa. saw that. Like on George, literally like picked her up and threw her on her neck. Like I mean, like suplexed her on her neck, and like I thought she was going to like be paralyzed yeah. after that. Rose didn't know what was going on for like three minutes after the fight but man yeah she lost and she like after the post fight interview she was like you know I don't know if this is for me I really want to focus on some other stuff so maybe she's going to retire too which I personally think that she was the most exciting female fighter to watch I mean Amanda Nunes is a beast Holly Holmes a beast but like Rose was different you mm-hmm. know when she's reciting the lord's prayer and those stare downs could that be any more scary chills like no thank you like uh who who did she fight back in the day that was like all up in her face and those Ioana. no it wasn't Joanna because she did the back-to-back it was that brazilian girl she dropped her mm. I, I don't know but she was like all on her face like you know at those stare downs with dana white in the middle of them just talking crap and she's just like all up in her face and rose isn't even Moving, she's just our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be that name. I'm like, no, sir, that is terrifying, man. And she came out and dropped there too. So maybe she'll just take some time off or whatever. But yeah, a yeah. tentative retirement. But, anyways, enough with the bad. On to the good. Nate Diaz is back. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a Nate Diaz fan, I'm not a huge fan of his fight style or anything like that. But he is like, he's good for the sport. He yes. really is. So many people will buy that UFC because of him. And he's fighting Pettis, who is, I don't know how you're not going to like, I feel like everybody likes Anthony Pettis. So I think that one will go be one for the books because they both have cardio for days. Both of them are good on the ground. Both of them can, you know, they got a good chin. So. And this fight's at 170. Oh, it mm-hmm. is. So, 
Yeah, Nate was like, I'm done with the 55 division. I You're don't right. even want to be in it anymore. And Pettis has some power once I mean, he knocked out Wonder Boy. Did yeah. you watch that fight? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think Pettis, even though he lost, one of the best performances he had was against Tony recently. I mean, yeah. like, he was so bloody he couldn't see. He broke his hand. Like, it was like a doctor's. Was, did his corner stop it? Yeah, they stopped it. Yeah, but just a warrior man that's what you want especially from that division where it's not like the biggest guys in the world where it's like technical meets power like man he's mm. just he's he's a, both of the pettis brothers are fun to watch yeah and well both of the diaz brothers are fun to watch too <laughs> i mean i bet ufc is dumping out some ch- serious change to nate because oh. nate has been offered so many fights and he turns them all down so the money must be right right now right for sure yeah who you got in that fight Man, I really don't know. I feel like since Pettis has been more active, he definitely has the advantage over Nate. But, I mean, both of these guys, I feel like Nate's more the cardio king than uh, Pettis is, so we'll see. But I really think that uh, Nate's going to – it's so hard to tell. I don't know. I mean, Pettis has that knockout power that just happened out of nowhere at the 170 division. Like, we'll and see. That's like what Joe Rogan always says. Hey, who do you think's going to win? I don't know. That's why we have to watch. And mm-hmm. it's so true because, man, it's fighting. It's a grown man fighting a grown man. All it takes is one false move, one perfect, you know, play in your head, and then, bam, the other dude's face down on the mat. But um, they're going to be uh, the co-main event on that, uh, I don't know what, number that is i think oh 241 241 yeah and it's gonna be the rematch oh dc my bo- and Stipe. dude my boy from cleveland mm-hmm. i love but i love both of them you can't not like dc but i love Stipe. like and i love him because like he's so humble and he does everything the right way he's never in trouble he's a you know vol- like a part-time firefighter he's got a kid a wife like he's just doing the thing he just is a beast and quietly the most decorated ufc heavyweight of all time people forget to mention that Mm -hmm. granted he didn't go through the heavyweights when they were like freaking czech congo frank mir like uh gabriel gonzaga all those people he's the new air guy he yeah. went through Francis and Ghana. He did, and he made him look stupid, too. And he knocked out a very powerful Alistair Overeem a couple years back. Um, he Who else did he take out? Golly. Was it J, JDS? Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, him, and then uh, he did that in Dallas, too. Yeah, he and did. Then, You're right, yeah. And then we're doomed. Yep, Fabrizio, he, JDS, um, Francis, then Alistair. So, yeah, that was four... He won the belt, defended it three times. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Wow. So nobody else can say they've done that. Nope. And I love I, – I just – I feel like he's a lot of fun to watch because he's so quiet. It's almost like cryptic when mm-hmm. he gets – and then he, he walks out to that MGK song that, bitch, I'm from the land till I die. Like, oh, that's so sick. I love that. That's such a – man, that rematch, I really have no clue. Even though Stipe got knocked out in the first round, it's a rematch, and Stipe – He's such a stud, man. Yeah, and you don't think of Stipe as a guy that's going to get knocked out, and you don't think of DC as a guy that's like, oh, crap, look for the the knockout. I mean, he was an Olympic wrestler. Right. You don't think of him just having hands. He does, but it was kind of – I don't want – I'm not going to call it a fluke because DC's a, one of the best there's ever been. But, yeah, I'm very excited for that rematch for sure. Um, and I'm a big fan of this next person I'm going to mention, but I know that this is your boy. El Kukui, mm. Tony Ferguson. Yes, sir. What 
What did you think of that last uh, last Saturday? Did I love it? Yes, I loved every second of it. That first round, oh man, that was so exciting. Cowboy looked great, and they both looked good. That first round, I, it was like a draw. And that second round, man, it was just the Tony show. It was the El Kakui show. He mm-hmm. just showed how good he really is. He's terrifying. He doesn't get tired. No. He literally does no. not ever. He doesn't have an off switch. He just no. goes and goes and goes. And it's like you realize it once the other person starts to get tired. You're like, holy crap, he hasn't slowed down a bit. No. And I really feel like the third round would have just been the Tony show again. But it, it's just ridiculous how good he is. And look at everyone who he's beat. El Kakui is the man. Yes. Lightweight is the only division where the number two contender has a better like win record than the interim champion and the champion. And it's it's such a weird situation that got him there. Like, dude, he was everyone forgets he was lined up to fight Khabib and then that crazy injury happened, which kind of shook up the whole division because that's where we figured out who the hell Al Iaquinta was. No one knew who that guy was, yeah. and he came and gave Khabib five rounds. You know, then we kind of, kind of found out how much of a beast Khabib is. Dustin Poirier's been around forever, but he's kind of cemented himself in that division too. But man, I, I think you gotta Tony. Whatever happens with this Poirier and Khabib fight, Tony's got to be right there. Has to like immediately. He's you gotta know. fight the champion. Yeah, and it's I'm I'm not taking anything away from Khabib or Poirier, but. I don't know, man. I just Tony's terrifying. He he really is. He's just like he's so weird, and like he's kind of like the John Jones of the lightweight division to a degree because he's so tall and lanky to everyone else, and he's so scary looking. And man, I just any matchup for him when people say, "Oh, you're fighting El Kakui," that's the boogeyman. Run. Yeah, exactly. Did you see what uh, Justin Gaethje said on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Just, Justin Gaethje's a madman. Mm-hmm. He literally will stand in the middle of the ring and just throw haymakers at you yeah. if you want to do that and or take it to he's, – he's just a fighter. He Somebody tweeted at him. I, I think I saw it. And about like, oh, you need to fight Tony. And he like tweeted back like, Hell yeah! Let take it. me to that dark place. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like even mm-hmm. even his competitors are like, dude, this guy's a, a freak for lack of a better term. So I want that matchup for sure. But give Tony whoever whoever wins, Dustin or Khabib, give him that, and then we'll see Gaethje versus Tony. Because look, man, Tony's waited long enough for his title shot. I mean, twelve fight win streak. How do you not have a title shot yet? Right. And then that freak injury, like people don't think about how crazy it is that he like separated his like his ACL, MCL, like basically his kneecap was like floating in his body. He tore all the ligaments around that. Dude, that was like a year and a half ago. He's already won like three fights since then. He's a, f- you don't do that. Like if you're, I love it. You're, he's not even like a human. He's like yeah. an android. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that he doesn't need to even entertain that Gaethje fight till afterwards because what does he? Gaethje has everything to win and nothing to lose, and Tony has everything to lose. So just no, like I mean, I'd say you know you know screw you Dana White. I've been here like 12 fights in a row. You'll give people that are 12 and 0 a title shot. I'm 12 wins in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like come on now. So we'll see what goes on with that division or that. With, with Tony more specifically, but it's you and I talk about this quite often how stacked 
the not even just that division, but UFC as a whole is in a great spot. Man, we yeah. have killers from I'm talking from flyweight to heavyweight. There's just monsters all around. And it's a good time to watch. Like maybe the ESPN deal wasn't that great for them or whatever, but it gets the name out there and all these people that whenever you and I talk about these fighters, they have no idea who we're talking about now. At least maybe the name rings a bell and gets that name out there a little bit. So, I mean, there's a lot of kinks to work out with the new app and all that good stuff. But, man, if if you had, let's say, if everything goes according to plan, Khabib smoked Poirier and whatever, a year from now, Khabib's healthy, Tony's healthy, and they finally face off. Who you got? I think El Kakui's going to do it. I think he's going <clears> to <throat> his cardio is just going to be too good for Khabib and him doing uh, Eddie Bravo's jiu-jitsu, the rubber guard. He's so good on his back. 10th planet. There's nobody else in the world like El Kakui on his back. And I don't think Khabib's going to know what to do with him. And Tony's crazy. He likes being on his back. He's going to be looking at Khabib like is this all you got? Yeah. And off of his back, it's almost like he's the aggressor. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It, he's got like, I mean, he's known for like his elbows and stuff on his back, but like he's looking for you to make a mistake when he's on the back, as opposed to being like, oh, oh my god, how do I get out of this? But yeah, I never thought of it like that. Maybe, maybe that'll play to his advantage because Khabib is such a ground heavy person. He mm-hmm. wants to, you know, full mount. Well, you know, Tony loves being that like <laughs> Khabib's strong suit is Tony's strong suit so it's like well we'll just see Khabib is gonna get cut up with some elbows no doubt if you look at Tony's last seven fights every single fighter he faces leaves the fight looking like he got into a knife fight I mean it's ridiculous <laughs> that's why he's called El Kikui I mean, yeah he's the boogeyman for that, sure that's true and not not to take any I mean because Khabib's a monster too man yeah, and like sure. you said oh Khabib's gonna get cut up well Tony's gonna get taken down mm-hmm. there it's inevitable because because right. Khabib's built differently too he's like stocky and Tony's lanky he's gonna get taken to the mat it, it's gonna happen but like you said is it gonna be Khabib's pressure that keeps him down there or is it gonna be Tony's elbows and stuff that's gonna you know ultimately and cardio that's going to get him off. So I, I don't know. I think that's the fight. And that, once again, not taking anything away from Poirier. He's a great fighter. I love him to death. Love yeah. his backstory, all that stuff too. But, like, that's the fight I think everyone wants to see. We've been waiting two years for it. No doubt. Man, that is that is all going to be, like, the, the Nate Diaz, Pettis, you know, Stipe, all that's great. But that's way down the line. That's, like, August. Mm-hmm. This July 6th card. UFC 239. I don't know the last time I've been more fired up for a card. It is. It's you got John Jones versus Tiago Santos, Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm, Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren, Luke Rockhold versus Jan Blachowicz, Diego Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa, Francis Ngannou versus JDS, and in my opinion, the most underrated UFC fighter ever, one of my top five favorites, The Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley. He's not even on the main card. You get wow. to watch him fight for free. Man, like, that is the most stacked. You could have named off two of those fights, and I would have bought that is card. Is that card of the year? Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, let's hope that nobody gets hurt or whatever. But, yeah. man, that is, that's like, that's like two and a half hours of brawls right there, yeah. man. I can't wait. And let's break down that card from start to finish. Okay. So let's start 
honestly, I don't even know who the Sugar Show is fighting. I think he's like he's ten and zero, so I mean they're probably gonna give him somebody. But he's coming off that um, that suspension, so I'm gonna pick Sean O'Malley over anybody. So we'll just throw that one out the window. Mm-hmm. But okay, Francis versus JDS. So you've got the the young freaking as Joe Rogan said, he has a a hand like a piston in Francis, and then you've got the old vet JDS who's still a monster. So you got you what do you got in Francis Ngannou oh, or no, no Junior Dos Santos? Ngannou. I just Ngannou's on such a winning streak right now, and we'll just see. I really like have no clue, but I think Ngannou, man, he's just on such a win streak. His win against Cain Velasquez, I mean, oh gosh, that power, his right hand is scary. Yeah, each hand really. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that he knocked out Overeem with the left when he made Overeem like go stiff as a board yeah and he's living at that ufc institute in vegas too so i mean he's literally eat sleep breathe fighting so he he's only been fighting for what five six years Mm -hmm. so i mean he's the upside is huge for him yeah i'm very excited for that but i think i think you're right i think i'd have to pick francis on that one too okay so then leads us into another you want to talk about a veteran diego sanchez Mm -hmm. uh UFC freaking uh, ultimate fighter number one, literally the champion of like 05 versus Michael Chiesa. Who you got there? I feel this fight could really go either way. I hope the young stud just pulls it out. I like Michael Chiesa. He's just such a good dude. But at the same time, man, you know, he Diego's such a veteran. He knows how to survive. I mean, look at his fight against Mickey Gall. He just knows how to survive and what to do. He'll take you into those late rounds. I mean, and he loves war. Yeah, and Mickey Gall was, I mean, he, his upside, he's kind of like a Sage Northcutt. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, young, good-looking, like, everyone thinks, oh, my God, the sky's the limit. And then old Diego Sanchez comes in and just rocks yeah. his world. But, dude, Chies is a bad he is. man. He is. I like Chies a lot. I hope he gets some good. I hope he really rises up the ranks at 170 for sure. And is Chies is a lot taller than him, right? I feel like, I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't know that off the top of my head, but I feel like he's, like, a taller person for so. that. Because he's moving up a division too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this is his first fight. Him and Rockhold both are moving up a division right now. Right. So, which is the next fight. So you got Luke Rockhold and Jan Blockowitz. You don't really know that much about Blockowitz, right? No, not too much. I, I kind of do, but I also know a lot about Luke Rockhold. But that's skewed because Rockhold's moving up. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out right here because we saw what that did to Max Holloway, mm. and blessed MMA is a bad man yeah. so I feel like Rockhold's really gonna like the weight change I think he'll be to his advantage and he's such a good he's good everywhere and like his kickboxing is so good his jiu-jitsu is like very lethal people don't realize that he has some pretty good hands I don't know much about the other guy but I know he's gonna have a tough face against Rockhold and Rockhold's camp man I mean mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by those killers that he's cause you've got DC with does, him does he still train at AK or did he go down to Florida Oh, you're right. Did he go to Jackson's? I think not Jackson's. Uh, some camp down there. I forgot. Really? Yeah, you you might be right. You might be right. Vulcan trains down there too. Uh, Ozdemir? Yeah. <laughs> I have no time. <laughs> yeah. No, he. But yeah, you're right. I think it'll be a good one because mm-hmm. that'll be a toss up. I really, honestly, that's the one I don't know. But if you had to pick, you pick Rockhold. Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt. I got you. I'll go with. I'll I'll agree with that. Unless well, the other guy has a good left hook, because that's the only thing that's knocked out. <laughs> Rockhold is left hook, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll look back on this podcast in a couple weeks and be like, "Oh, damn, we were so off." <laughs> yeah. Okay, now this next one might be one of the 
one of, other than the Sugar Show fight, this is going to be the one that I'm looking forward to the most because it's genuine hatred. Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren, who you got? Man. Oh, I have no clue. It, it, this fight is either going to go like two ways, though. I, I feel like, like Ben Askren's going to do his wrestling takeover or Masvidal's going to survive, and I don't know. Masvidal's a, I mean, he's a big veteran of the sport. You know, he knows how to survive. He knows what to do with him. Man, it's too tough to make a call on this one. I really have no clue. I hope Masvidal gives him a three-piece in the soda for sure. But I I like Ben Askren, though. I really do like Ben Askren, but I want to see that three-piece in the soda on Askren. Yep, and I get that because Masvidal looked like a killer against Darren Till. I mean, he he made Till look like he's never even stepped in an octagon before. He he schooled him in every sense of the word. But Askren got his ass whooped by Robbie Lawler for like two minutes. Yeah. I thought he was dead. <laughs> the next thing you know, he's got him in a bulldog choke. I'm like, what just happened? So it's like, yeah, you know. Did you think that choke was legit? You think Robbie was in trouble? Man, I heard Herb Dean, who's the best UFC referee currently, like, or possibly ever. I heard his explanation. And like, when it when it comes to like that current that, that kind of hold, like, I mean, their job is literally to protect the fighters. You know, like, and if his hand went limp, even if it was for only a few seconds, like, it's limp, you right. know? It, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, exactly. He was like, oh, I gave him a thumbs up. Well, who gives a thumbs up facing down at the ground? You know, if right. I give you a thumbs up, like you said, it, like, that's what Herb Dean explained. He's like, if I give somebody a thumbs up, it's going to be right in front of my face. Like, who, you know, how's it going? Not facing the ground like right. Robbie Lawler did and especially in a UFC fight you would be overly animated like I'm okay I'm okay so I mean on one hand I see it and on the other hand and if you didn't want him to call it don't put yourself in a situation like that yeah. so but Askren and Masvidal personally I don't think Masvidal's got the stand up game like Robbie Lawler so yeah. I don't know if Ben's gonna be in a spot where he's even like that anymore if he can yeah. if he could withstand that barrage from the brawler, I don't know if Robbie has it. I mean, excuse me, I don't know if Masvidal has it in the tank. I love how Dana just gives Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler to start off because you know he didn't like Ben. Yep. Let me just throw him Robbie Lawler. And Ben's uh, like, okay, let me get this W yeah. real quick. And it's so funny because I'm the kind of person, I'm not a big fan of trolls. I hate Colby Covington, all that stuff. And Ben Askren is such a troll. Yeah. But he was almost a breath of fresh air because. Oh. Everyone was so like, I don't know. He just like, he he kind of brought back the sport of like fighting. Like well, y'all especially aren't... in the welterweight division. The welterweight no division's been so kind of bland and, until Usman beat Woodley and Askren's in it. And he's like, hey, I want to fight everybody. Where everyone else in the welterweight division has like a two fight win streak. They're like, I want to fight for the belt. They're not wanting to fight. And every other day you hear, oh, Colby said this about his mama. Right. Colby did like yeah. shut dude like. Okay, Colby. I like Colby. I actually, I don't, I appreciate that he's different from everyone else, but, you know, Colby, Colby's Colby. You know, he brings in excitement, and when the fight happens, you're like, he said all this stuff, is he going to win? It just makes it more exciting. I wanted Dos Anjos to kill him, dude, (laughs) and he, and dude, I'll give him that. Colby worked RDA. I mean, he beat him in every facet of that fight. I mean, he, he, he deserves to be where he's at, but you've noticed the, ever since Ben Askren came in, nobody gives a shit about Colby anymore. Like no, Colby's no. tweets and Facebook stuff, and like no one cares. It does, right. It's not even. It doesn't matter anymore because Colby's irrelevant. There's so many. 
people to go through. And I think I think Usman's going to hold that title for a long time. I think Kamaro's a bad man, dude. And uh, Woodley, he's kind of looked... I mean, when he came out against Darren Till here in Dallas, dude, he looked good. Yeah. But, I mean, Usman, same thing. Just the pressure was too much. I don't know if it was Usman took him by surprise. I don't know if Woodley, you know, I mean, underestimated him. It, it looked him. a lot like Connor versus Khabib. It was like their Usman's style was just so much overwhelming for Woodley. Woodley didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. It, it's like he zapped his confidence out of him. It was crazy. It, it was such a weird thing to watch because it's like, is this Woodley the same Woodley that knocked out Till? Yeah. Like, it didn't look right. It right. looked weird. But you nailed it. I mean, like, I think Askren put, like, a, a, a steroid shot. Not literally. But, like, <laughs> like you know, like just was a breath of fresh air to this division because the welterweight division is stacked Look right what's now. At. Ever since the ESPN came in, man, the welterweight division's been crazy. I mean, uh, Till got knocked out by Moswell. Not expected. Anthony Pettis knocked out uh, Wonderboy. Not expected. Mm-hmm. The division's exciting again. Yep. Exactly. I love, I love it. And it used to be... Uh, that is what got me into UFC. I remember... I don't know if he's listening, but shout out my boy... Tanner Gaddy, we used to literally, like, freshmen in high school, sophomores in high school, whatever, gather up our allowance and buy pizza and a UFC fight. And it was my favorite fighter was GSP, George St. Pierre. Still is my favorite fighter. And Tanner loved BJ Penn. And that was what honestly got me into UFC. It was, like, 2006, 2007, like, when those fights were going on. Man... You couldn't beat it, and those were that was the welterweight division. Then you had the, um, oh my gosh, uh, Matt Hughes. You had the Matt Sarahs. You had like that whole everybody in there was so well rounded, and that was like when it was exciting. And then it kind of we went through, a, went through went through a period where everybody was just kind of falling off, but yeah. now we've got it again. I love the welterweight. That's the same thing, man. It's the one that got me into it. I got into the UFC right after GSP retired because, you know, Johnny being from, Johnny Hendricks being from yep. and it's like, what? A welterweight champion lives here? Like, that got me in. That got me in, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's probably one of the most debated, even, not even debated, but, like, one of the most exciting UFC fights in the history of the sport was johnny trying to take gsp's belt oh yeah that was that man that, that was crazy yeah because no i mean he a lot of people think johnny won and you can't argue that no. a lot of people think gsp won can't argue that i mean it was just regardless after that fight no matter what the judges say johnny walked away looking like you and me yeah and gsp looked like he got hit by a mac truck and that's coming from a huge gsp fan right. i don't know i mean it was that was one for the ages, man. They actually played that last night on ESPN. Did they really? Yeah, like oh. a like a MMA throwback yeah. or UFC throwback, whatever they call it. But it was back when they let the fighters wear their own pants. Johnny's mm-hmm. out there with like his bright yellowed board shorts oh, and everything. That was so dope. Big Rick was awesome. He's still awesome. He's such a good dude. Oh yeah. I really think he won that fight. You know, I've gone back and watched it, just like the highlights and stuff, and you know, watching the fight. No, I mean, yeah. man, you're not going to hear any arguments from me. I just think that it's, you know, when it comes to the title defenses and letting the judges take it in their own hands, I mean, 99% of the time, it's not going to go in the way of the, you know, contender. Right. It's going to go into the champion. Like, I think in recent memory, one of the only ones where it worked out for the contender was 
uh, Cejudo yeah. when he took down Mighty Mouse. Oh. And then Cejudo just became champ champ last weekend for over Marlon Marais. Like it's just he's doing pretty good, man. I'm not I wasn't the biggest fan of him, but I appreciate him because beat Mighty Mouse, beat Dillashaw, beat this guy. I really thought the other guy was gonna win that fight because in that first round, Cejudo was just getting leg kicked, his legs were getting chomped, and for Cejudo to turn around, man, that that was awesome. I can't wait. I hope Cejudo's always like trying to save the flyweight division. I get that. Mm-hmm. Move up to bantamweight. Yeah. Because like there, you have got some. Like people don't think because when you think of that division, you think of T.J. Dillashaw, even though he's a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> you know. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But like he's still got um, like no love. I love Cody Garbrandt. I think that he has a, cl- a chin made of glass now, but yeah. I love him to death. Um, Aljamain Aljamain Sterling is a freak like tell me you wouldn't want to see that fight Yeah, Sterling versus Cejudo he's awesome oh my gosh dude and those guys weigh like a buck 35 Mm -hmm. I weigh 150 155 (laughs) soaking wet like those guys are out there stone cold killers man and now that Dillashaw's out of the way and he's been cheating for all this time like now you can really see what's up because the golden snitch and USADA ain't letting nobody get away no, with anything. The golden snitch. <laughs> Shout out Nowitzki and not Dirk. But no, like I'm I'm fired up for that division too, and I hope that maybe, dude, Cejudo move up because there's nobody in who who's in flyweight. I don't. I couldn't even tell you besides Pettis's little Anthony Pettis' little brother. I think Formiga is in there. There's one of them. I don't even know. And oh, uh, uh, Joseph Benavides. Mm-hmm. That's like it. Ray Borg or somebody yeah. like that. Like, I mean, it, it, move up, dude. You know, don't brag about being a champ champ when you have no competition at all. Right. And I'm over here talking like I can even <laughs> hold a candle to these guys. You know, they'd kill every one hey, of us. But Did you know he has an Olympic uh, gold medal? Oh, my God. <laughs> that that right there is his worst downfall. Like, bro, we know you won the gold medal. Stop it. Quit telling us every freaking interview you do. No one cares. Like, we cared... The first time you told us in 2008. Right. Stop it. Anyway. Okay. Well, I feel like we've covered, like, we've ran the gamut on all that. We've we've done boxing, MMA, Bellator, retirements, happy. We actually forgot one fight Who? on the card. <laughs> we skipped over it. We didn't go over uh, John Who? Jones and Tiago Santos. Oh, Tiago, yeah. you're right. We didn't finish the card. Wow, I guess we talked about John so much I forgot about the actual John fight. I'm honestly not even excited about that. What about yeah. you? We'll see. We'll just... It's gonna. It'll probably be the John show, honestly. But I, I want to see. Do you? Who do you think can take John down? If John has any competition, is there anyone you think at light heavyweight? Not at light heavyweight. If he goes up, yeah. I think, I think that John would get. Well, I'll put it to you like this: the fact that we're even having to rack our brains to think of who could possibly do it lets you know how much of a monster he is. You know who I think? Who? One man. He's from Cuba. One eighty-five. Michael Bisbee. I love you, Mike. I love you, Michael Bisbee. I love you, Mike. <laughs> I think Mr. Yoel, Yoel Romero. I want to see Yoel move up in weight, and I want to see him fight John Jones, man. That yeah. that's a dream matchup for me. I just was thinking about that, and I I want to see that. I can I can give you that, but Yoel his, his style, how he sits back so much, right? And how John knows every but he, okay, like Joe was saying on on the podcast, Joe was like, you know. John Jones figures out what you're good at. Okay, DC, you're good at wrestling. Let's wrestle. Like, I'm going to figure out what part of wrestling you're not good at. I'm going right. to exploit that. Okay, uh, 
whatever Gustafson, you want to stand up, we'll stand up. Oh, but you like that right? Well, I'm a counter with a left. Like, I mean, he he he's so he lets you be comfortable, but then he exploits that comfortability. Right. Like, it, it's it's like how GSP used to do. Dude, you ain't never said anything better than that. You're exactly right. Yeah, because he would. He would like almost bait you into doing stuff, and then just next thing you know, you're eating the mat. You know, you're like, what the hell just happened? And you, you lost. That's what happened. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I mean, Tiago's scary. He's got power, but I mean, look at the list of who he's fought. I mean, it's really what OSP. You know, like right. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if he fought OSP actually. But like he, he's just kind of that division's really light. Yeah. But I just don't see it happening. No. But then again, Tiago's a big man. If he catches know. one spot on that jaw, John could be flat on the ground. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Yeah. We shall see. That's the beauty of fighting. You never know. Alright, KP. So now now that we're done with the fight talk, we're on to the the recurring segment I have on all my podcasts. It's called If I Could Choose Three to Have a Beer with Me. And that means it's basically a rhetorical question. It's a not a rhetorical question, excuse me. It's a hypothetical question. If you could pick three people at any point in time in history, they could be alive or dead, that you could Lay back, relax, have a beer, and have a conversation with, and just talk to him about anything. Who would be three people you pick, and why? First one would have to be Bruce Lee, for sure. Just his wisdom and everything he did for martial arts. Okay. Bruce Lee, for sure. What's your favorite Bruce Lee movie? I mean, probably Enter the Dragon, but I like Way of the Dragon. When he fights Chuck Norris, that one is so (laughs) When he fights Old Chuck... That's probably Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> that's probably my favorite one. Okay, that's cool, man. I didn't even think about that because you are you're super into that martial arts stuff, Bruce Lee. That'd be a good pick. He yeah. man, he died really young. He did. Right? Yeah, he died at 31 in like 1973. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine him in today's day and age oh, with all the goodness. special effects, the kind of movies he would make? Oh, he would have been awesome. Him and Jackie Chan, man. Look how big Jackie Chan is. Bruce Lee would have been like that too. I right. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Okay, Bruce Lee got the first spot at the table. Second one, I'd probably have to say uh, probably Muhammad Ali, man. I love Muhammad Ali. He's my favorite boxer. He's just so entertaining. and Again, just the knowledge he has, man. I would love to talk to him and just pick his brain of everything. There's so many. He's just the greatest. That's it. I I'm love the greatest. Him. Yeah, sticking with the fight game. Okay. Yeah, because you, you always walk around with the with the Muhammad Ali Cassius <laughs> oh, Clay yeah. shirts. What makes you what what draws you to him? I don't know. He's just so awesome, man. He, he's so good. He's a Capricorn like me. <laughs> That's what it is. Man, that because uh, did you have you ever seen that that Will Smith movie? I'm sure you have. Where Ollie? he's yeah. I saw some of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. What? Yeah. You need to. It's so good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. He's... Well, if you just look at Ali, what he did for boxing back then versus the heavyweights now, like you said, you know, not that Joshua was scared to fight people and stuff, but they're not fighting each other. I mean, Ali fought everybody mm-hmm. and was beat everybody. He was the best. And he had three years taken away from his prime. Yep. It just gets me fired up talking about it. I love yeah. Ali, man. What do you mean that he, what did he do for the division? What do you mean what he did for boxing? What do you mean? What he did? I mean, he, how he just fought everybody. He brought everyone into boxing. Like his fight versus George Foreman, the rumble in the jungle. They said over a billion people in the world watched that fight. That's great. Yeah, yeah you're right. Cause did they? Mm-hmm. No, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Thriller in Manila where they fought in the Philippines. Oh yeah, yeah him and Joe Frazier. That's their right. Third fight. 
Mm-hmm. Golly, man, you're right, man. Even from a casual standpoint, you don't if you don't know what those fights are, you know what the Rumble in the Jungle or the Thrill in Manila is. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. He just brought everyone into boxing. So yeah. he's awesome, man. For sure. All right, so you got Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> so now who else? We, we got another fighter so, on the no, list? No, we're, we're going to go away from the fight game. And this guy, I think I got to go with him. It's kind of like, of course, but I got to go with my boy, Eminem. Hey, Slim Shady. I got to go with Slim Shady, man. <laughs> I love him. I've been listening to his music so long. I mean, didn't you say that was like your nickname or something? <laughs> Who gave you that? Not so slim shady was the nickname. Oh my! I just not so slim shady. Yeah, KP Skate. No. Oh my goodness, I, I love Eminem though, man. I've just listened to his music so long. How can you not like him? Yeah, no doubt. So, what about? Well, okay, so off the top of your head, give me some uh, some of your favorite Eminem track. Well, how about albums? Albums. Definitely the first one have to be the Marshmallows LP. Like the first one I listened to that, man, it just changed my life as a kid. Yeah. It, it just changed my outlook on everything. And probably after that, uh, Slim Shady LP. Okay. And then uh, I like Encore a lot, even though a lot of people don't like Encore. Then that Eminem show. Uh, I love relapse. Man. Yeah, recovery, relapse, all that. That was, yeah. that was, yeah, I mean, he went through a dark time too, he and did. he documented all of it too. Mm-hmm. Man, he's... This MGK thing that blew up recently, that you know, quote beef that he had with him, like you realize, man, that wasn't beef. That was some vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> like you don't want that work, you know. Yeah. Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. Can I say uh, alternate? Like let's say I was going to take one of those guys out. Yeah, hit and, me with it. And drink a beer with. Hit it me have with to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> GC, JCVD for sure, man. Oh, my. He is cha- he's just, he's a part of my life. He is. Uh, yeah, he's a part of all of our lives now because you quote Jean-Claude Van Damme all the time. Want me to break my leg? <laughs> you bleed like Mei Ling. Oh, my gosh. Was, was the the kickboxer and blood sport? Oh, my goodness gracious. Those If I had a dollar for every time that you quoted one of those movies, I'd be a very rich man. Yes. Jean-Claude Van Damme. He went off the bandwagon for a while, yeah. too. Crazy yeah. person. I love him. He's at, like, 50. <laughs> I so love him. He's, like, 58 years old, just doing the splits randomly. Yeah, because he's doing coke. And doing oh, the yeah. He, he ain't doing coke no more. Come on. No more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> he, dude, he brought the... Uh, he brought <laughs> he brought martial arts into the mainstream too he did. with his oh lord have you ever look back on those movies because you're gonna love them obviously oh yeah and then you sit back and try to watch them from an outsider's point of view you're like oh my god these are horrible movies I didn't think that until I showed them to somebody I was like hey man I got this awesome martial arts movie Bloodsport let's watch it and they look at me like this is terrible I'm like no it's not this is, this is a classic filmed in a basement yeah. with a freaking Polaroid camera <laughs> okay now kick that wall kick the tree kick that tree he wants me to break my neck for all of you that don't know what we're talking about, please go watch the Kickboxer. You will not be disappointed. It's so yeah. it's so cringeworthy. It's funny, and it's part of our inside jokes now that we use on a day to day basis. Oh, yeah. Shout out Corey Ross. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I mean, we're about at the one hour mark, so we went over a lot of things in this podcast. Like I said, this was definitely one of the most highly requested ones. So if y'all didn't, if you made it this far, I appreciate you listening. 
Uh, I know this was not for everybody, but this is one of the ones that I wanted to do personally and I had a lot of people hit me up about. So, uh, Caleb, I appreciate you coming out, man. Hey, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And I'll link all of Caleb's stuff in the description and the, the show notes on this below. But I appreciate everybody for listening. Y'all have a good one.